You are listening to In Response, a legacy podcast. A show where three handsome guys talk about their favorite magic the gathering format, legacy. This show is brought to you by creatnessatanycost.com and austrian-legacy.com. You can support the show at patreon.com slash response underscore legacy. And now, lean back and show Hello everyone and welcome to a New Year's special episode. 20 years of legacy. Of? In response. A legacy podcast. I'm Philip Klein. I am Daniel. And I'm Peter Plank. And we're talking about the timeline of legacy. Exactly this time. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, actually we are here for a little bit. No, normally we are doing a Christmas special, but this time we thought... Why don't we just do something different? We are doing now a New Year's special. So hopefully you all had a great evening last night. <laughs> <laughs> have drunk a little bit. Hopefully not too much and don't have a headache right now while you're listening to this. But actually, um, we think now that um, the 20th birthday of Legacy is basically right around the corner. Um, why don't we do something like that and revisit the last 20 years of our awesome format? I think this is a very nice opportunity because, yeah, you said it. It's the year 2024 and it's been exactly 20 years. Well, not exactly, yeah. But almost. Almost. Since the, the format, it was not actually formed, but it was renamed and changed to Legacy. The name Legacy popped up in like 20 years ago almost and we thought let's revisit as you said the decks and we made a little bit of a timeline and tried to structure it a little bit in different eras um give you a little bit of milestones and a little bit of the historical background of legacy but before we hop into the topic of the day, let's thank our great sponsors and Patreon. Thank you, Matt Duncan, Christian Neutz and Moritz Eichmann for your support. If you want to join these elite ranks of Patreon supporters, support us on patreon.com slash response legacy. And right back onto the topic, I think when we start with 2004, we give just a brief 30 seconds intro how legacy was formed. There was previously the Stone Age of Legacy. There was a special format called Type 1.5. It was, it was basic. Uh, don't, don't call it Stone Age. It was the Mox Age. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Mox Age of Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Of I like it. Magic the Gathering. It was like yeah. Type 1.5. The ban list was tied mm -hmm. to Vintage, previously known as Type 1, which was also, I think, renamed in 2004. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically we had the same shared list. Every card that was like only be played as a one-off in vintage yep. was banned in Legacy. Exactly. Yeah. So they they, they established a new format out of out of uh, new rules, and Legacy was born kind of uh, and and unreleased from the titans of vintage, unchained. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
I don't know. When when looking through this for original data um, and and constructing the timeline, I was I had a lot of fun. Uh, there were so many nice decks and, and and cards that I actually never seen myself before because you know I guess for all of us it is true that we never played or didn't play Legacy at the time. <laughs> not <laughs> not at this time. Not this time. Right. Sure, yeah. So uh, it is very curious to I think it's very nice to see how Legacy actually looked like at the start from from yeah when it was established. At first, um, do you guys know how the names for the formats got together? Good question. How? I don't know. Do we know um, why it was chosen Legacy? I think there was something like a community poll on the mothership. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Legacy won closely <coughs> to Eternal, mm -hmm. which then became later the um, concept for both formats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was something like that. If you, uh, if some of the listeners know this better than we are, yeah. than we do, just give us a heads up mm -hmm. and but write us. It it sounds reasonable, like they said it, and 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 eternal still is in the mind of everybody because we're talking about eternal formats uh, right now, which is everything that is non-rotating uh, at this point. So yeah, it still holds this value also as as a name for that. But I would say um, we can start off with the origins, let's say, of Legacy. Um, as already teasered, it was 2004. Type in September. In so September, exactly. September is the birthday of Legacy, yeah. which we are a little bit um, too soon. but It's fine. It's the same year. We can live with that, I would say. For sure. And uh, yeah, Legacy was born. And I think we, we, we should talk now and start with this first era of legacy that um when we uh what was kind of happening and of course like every format we recently saw it also with something like pioneer for example that was one of the most more recent formats that uh, wizard uh, established the format has to evolve uh, at some point of time so uh, we have this period from 2004 to 2010 something this is actually a pretty long period but in these periods um Legacy established itself uh, and, and and kind of tightened uh, as and and I'm I'm speaking of the ban list now. A lot of cards were banned, unbanned. It was shifted around. It was it was a very very wild time yeah. actually, and yeah. um, I unfortunately I didn't. I just played a little bit back then, but it was really the wild west out there. Yeah. What I, what I think uh, one of the highlights that we can uh, mention, yes, uh, Peter, you have it already. We we pulled up some data also. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have um, one of the first archetypes. The tempo kind of archetype was threshold. It is back first when Legacy was established. One of the main aggro decks or tempo decks, uh, and force of and days were in there. But the tempo was that the, the tempo cards were uh, nimble mongoose, one of the example, or werebear as one of the threats that they were played. This and is, also tarmogoyf. <laughs> tarmogoyf, yeah. This was actually one of the later versions. Originally, it was bunt. It was without red. Ah, so you have to go yeah. back there. So in the, the first couple of years, but uh, so we actually had something like uh, how is it called? We had like uh, meddling mage, mystic enforcer. Uh, source of and worship in the main deck. So this looks pretty much like a pre-modern 
yeah. deck right now. Yeah. Very, very beautiful card. I just mean, with forces and daisies, yeah. Mystic and Forces, so just such a nice card. Fletchling Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> We're just looking at the at the um, it's, deck list. It's so sweet how how old the cards look. And we even have GP Philadelphia 2005. We have Crispy Cool mm-hmm. in the top eight. Yeah. With Dead, Dead Guy, Guy Ale. Oh, yeah. The old, old game, Dark Ritual into Hypnotic Spectre. And Dark Confident. And Dark Confident. It actually looks like a pretty nice deck, even well, it could change a little bit, but uh, yeah, it it looks pretty powerful. This one looks exactly like a list that you play in Prima. Yeah, Yeah, this one looks exactly like something I would play all the time. Yeah, (laughs) Always. (laughs) Not too. Yeah. So we, we we already see like the earliest or the best strategies evolved like an aggro deck that is for sure like any format that is new. Threshold was already kind of this Delver deck to say, but with different threads of course. And but the shell of days and force of will was already there. And also, what I really love about this list is that the mana bases um, really look. Mm-hmm. Like the Delver mana bases right now. Yeah. When we go um, back to, to Grand Prix Lille 2005, uh, which was won by Helmut Summersberger, one of our fellow Austrians. Yes. Um, we can see 18 lands mm-hmm. with uh, 12, um, uh, 12 fetch lands, 300 free volcanic islands. I mean, this just yeah. screams Delver to me. Although yeah, yeah. It, it has no wastelands right now but this is just Delva. that really. is true no wastelands that's for sure yeah and this is actually the era where we didn't have the printing of the uh allied fetchlands mm-hmm. oh wow um so there were only eight possible fetchlands for those decks so we've seen for example crampy lil um we have 10 dual lands uh, 10 dual oh um, I, I thought it was 12 12 fetches and six yeah. duels um, one thing for our listeners, if you didn't run, already do it, scroll into the description of the podcast. There will be a link to a Google Drive folder. Yeah. And here you have access to the lists, uh, to the links that we have. And so you can revisit the text yourself while listening to us. Exactly. But this was like the, the early stages uh, of Legacy. And I think over the years, the the kind of the archetypes or deck uh, if you go back to the to, to the timeline um kind of evolved and uh and um we see now in 2006 yeah like over the years kind of uh it built it up we one of the the, the main archetypes was of course threshold and and um Goblins, for example, or Dredge was one of the mo- one of the earliest graveyard uh, strategies that we, which, for example, see. which was called Icarus back then because yeah. we did, we didn't have no red return or mm-hmm. or bridge from below right now because time spiral wasn't um, there exactly yeah but Icarus with with the Dredge cards was already a really really good um, archetype mm-hmm. and what's also <laughs> right in this era. Um, was Flash Hulk. Yeah. Okay. Can you explain the deck? What was the strategy <laughs> about it? <laughs> it's um, oh that that's a hard question. <laughs> um, but Flash as a card 
uh, was banned uh, after yeah. its its prominent. What is the card Flash? Because this was it's for two men an instant. You can put a creature card from your hand into play and mm -hmm. then pay the uh, its mana cost reduced by two generic mana. Mm -hmm. If you can't, you sacrifice it. Ah. And what's happening right now is you put the Protean mm -hmm. Hulk into play. Mm -hmm. It gets sacrificed and then you can search your library for up to six CMC or converted mana cost of. Um, creatures and put them into play and this basically allowed an infinite loop with karmic guy uh, is it karmic guy karmic, yeah. karmic guide, guide yeah. and karen feeder karmic right? guide karen feeder and yeah yeah body snatchers for yeah, us to know yeah. something like that and you have kiki chiki you make copies and then you simply attack yeah. yeah that was basically the um the plan and what's really funny is that one of the uh worst matchup that Hulk Flash had was goblins. Yeah. <laughs> because because of one of simply one card because of goblin sharpshooter. <laughs> because you uh -huh. had to go through the loops and sacrificing your dudes uh, yeah. to get more of them and, and simply always yeah. get to sacrifice it. And if you could deploy a goblin sharpshooter, you simply shoot your flash hulk opponent down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I see this. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, this was the time when I uh, got into more competitive mm -hmm. uh, magic, where I went to yeah. uh, GP uh, Flo uh, Firenze, Florence. Yeah. And so this, this was 2007 around. Yeah, 2006, yeah. 2007. And this was also the time where I um, dipped my toes into Legacy for the first time. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by High Tide. Oh yeah, was a pretty old strategy. Yeah, and spiral, uh, time spiral was still banned at this at this time. Yeah, and so um, there was a budget deck. I didn't play the solidarity, the the reset because resets were um, expensive because mm. I was in school, um, and I built myself this this fairy tide mm -hmm. with cloud of fairies and snap, and this was also just very a uh, funny Combo thing like to that, do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. sounds very nice. And yeah, one big event that we also had in 2007 was like Worlds. A World Championship, yes. World Championship in Legacy. In Legacy. Yes. And there was one breakout deck there yeah. that we may now know as Sethlet Breakfast. <sighs> I love it. But this one very old, quite different. Well, yeah, but it actually does it. When I have a look at this, this deck, it's pretty, pretty similar I would say we have, the engine is the same. The engine is basically the same, but we have a pre-modern finisher in there. No. In Sorchard, uh, Sorchard Ghoul, Sorchard Ghoul, yeah, which is a, a finisher that we know from Full English Breakfast. Um, Sorchard Ghoul, uh, you can uh, when it enters the battlefield, you exile any number of creatures from your graveyard, uh, and power uh, and toughness. Um, is equal to the power and the toughness of the cards that you exile with it. Mm. And when it comes from back from the battlefield, uh, from the graveyard to the battlefield, um, you get it equipped with a dragon's breath, which will give it haste, mm. and then you attack fully for. Oh, yeah. very nice! <laughs> I actually like it. <laughs> so you can pair this with just red turn yeah. when you mill it. Yeah, this is the wing con. And you could try this in your. <laughs> <laughs> Just for flavor. Yeah, just for yeah. the lols. Yeah, one of the oldest strategies uh, or oldest version of the deck. Yeah, and you basically exile 
uh, a few Tamagoyfs and the cards that you have in your graveyard mm. and swing for the win. Very nice. Sounds really great. I mean, we had, what is this, four separate breakfasts in the top eight? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you are, you have access to four worldly tutor in there, yeah. which is kind of good card. Yeah. And one of, uh, like two of the players that uh, got to 15 points and were uh, like the best in the legacy portion were Paulo Vito Dama de Rosa, Yuta Takahashi. So it's like mm. the best players were playing. Yep. Because it, it, it was a uh, world's format, yeah, yeah, in that time. So all big names are playing yeah. legacy back then. Very, very nice uh, time uh, for this kind of deck. But yeah, as we see, uh, it is very fluctuating. Uh, there were a lot of, a lot of bands also and a, a couple of adjustments over the years Sharazad got banned <laughs> I mean, what best. took them so long yeah <laughs> it, it was a surprise three years come on um, um, Time Vault was banned then in 2008 and we got unbanned replenishing mind over matter both cards simply haven't done anything am I right I think so too but they this is like when I said from 2004 to 2010 Uh, Wizards wanted to make sure that the ban list is in a reasonable shape. It was just, you know, uh, brought overs from Vintage uh, that were on the reserved list and then you would just take a look what you need, really need to ban and what you can just unban because, yeah, um, they were just uh, doing nothing. And one big unban, I think, is what we see in 2009, Entomb. Entomb. Oh my God. I think this is... Yeah. But this is big enablers yeah, for graveyard strategies. That's probably the biggest thing shaping up the future of legacy in 2009. Mm -hmm. Because people, um, we come to this, but Innistrad isn't that far away. <laughs> And yeah. with it comes one of the, probably the best creature in the game. Better known as Black Daddy or Grizzle Daddy or Grizzle Brand. Or I scoop, go to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we, we are still in 2009. Also, Dream Halls was unbanned, which has had a little bit of a resurgence um, with the Mono Blue Omni Show, Omnitel decks um, during the Khans era. Or, or, or not, not, not so much, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Just before the Khans era, yeah. something like yeah. that, where it got played in the sideboard. Mm -hmm. Here, I think what is really nice in this 2009-2010 era, we see the first iteration of Countertop. Here you can see it, is, it was originally called Next Level Blue. Uh, for example, here this version that won uh, GP Chicago 2019 from Gabriel Nassif. It played the full playsets of Census Defending Top and Counterbalance in a control shell. So, yeah, very nice deck, I think. <laughs> Uh, a lot of tool sets uh, we don't really could uh, wrap our heads uh, at this uh, point in time but uh, this deck I think looks very nice and why? I mean the Vidalcan Shackles and the Trigon Predators are pretty straightforward <laughs> right? pretty, pretty common yeah. and uh, are straightforward I mean yeah. Trigon Predators were for, uh, were for um, opposing counterbalance and tops yeah 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 Sh Shackles was Nice magic card. Yeah. We really love it, yeah. One thing that we kind of can mention here is like that the amount of ponders in the decks mm -hmm. are fluctuating. Oh, yeah. Two ponders. I mean, four brainstorms are set, but yeah. two ponders? 
And on the other hand, we have like uh, Andrew Probasco with Three Ponder, for example. Um, this was like the time where there was not really any set deck list and stuff like that. So no, it was really, really all fluctuating. Then we have like in fifth place or sixth place, Tamo Pikula. It's also, is it like this was it's like basically, that guy, it's, yeah. was basically that game from Brian Koval. Mm -hmm. A few of you may know him. He is like one of the uh, broadcasters from the Cloud Code Ranger, I think. Um, he's uh, basically one of the figures in Pre-Modern. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's Mesmeric Fiend? Just, just show me. It's, uh, you it's a Pre-Modern card. card. It's a Pre-Modern card. Wow. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it was the first, late. well, besides Thoughtseize, a nice duress effect, yeah. yeah. Mm, and the free Tombstalker. Yeah. Oh, Tombstalker. I really missed this card. It comes later also uh, in the timeline. Yeah. Then we have Bazaar of, of Moxen. Yes. That was a nice duet, Peter. <laughs> yeah. And here we see one face that we may see for future magic events on seventh place on the blue, red, green fish, which is basically. Um, yeah how do we say it it's like it's actually a fairies it's fairies with ninja of the deep hours cloud of fairies tamagoyf with standstill with mute world mission's factory all over the place looks really insane from angelo kadai hmm? future gp winner and yeah we will hear i think a few more times from him mm -hmm. and i think this is also the first time dragon stompy um yeah yeah surfaced yeah exactly yeah so the, the strategy behind city of traitors ancient tomb uh and then also having uh a chalice of the void and blood moon effect uh, paired with dream sphere this is one of the oldest strategies that uh came up during this uh years but the threats just differed <laughs> heavily yeah it, it, it was not just a, a, a straight up you know it was a, uh, a dragon stompy re uh, deck <laughs> called for a reason because we have Raktos Pit Dragon, for example. This was really, this is the card, this is the reason why it was called Dragon Stompy. <laughs> but, but do you know Gaven Riders? <laughs> <laughs> Gaven Riders, yeah. yeah you, this was Legacy Power Level? This was just the best. This, this was, this was. Um, a three mana 5 5, yeah. Yeah, it's a three mana 5, a uh, uh, free free. Yeah. And it's basically. This deck just showed the world the power of turn one Chalice of the Void mm -hmm. paired with Blood Moon and Vagus of the Moon. Yeah. And then you just and, need and a finisher. It, it's 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 simply the deck didn't care back then. Yeah. What what kind of finisher? They played things like uh, like I said, the Gaffin Raiders, the, which are just not good. The, the deck played the Ractus Pitring, which is also just dumb. And yeah, man, I mean, to, to put this bit into perspective, these were the best things you can do in red. Yeah. That's, and it is not good, but but it was, for this strategy, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, in this case, for example, it was first place. You just need any finisher. And Raktor Speed Dragon, so for anyone wondering why this deck is called Dragon Stompy, this is the reason. Because of Raktor Speed Dragon. Yeah. Peter and is now looking at at Nauseam uh, uh, lists. <laughs> yeah, basically, was it Nauseam Tendrils also born, basically in 2009? Um, yeah, it, it was earlier than that, uh, 2007, 8, I think. Um, but 
it was a pretty pretty old strategy ad nauseum was one of the main engines and um infernal tutor was uh, already legal yeah. yeah so you could pair it nicely with lion's eye diamond and basically the deck that um ant evolved out of was iggy pop mm -hmm. which was basically ill-gotten gains infernal tutor chain into tenders of agony mm -hmm. which worked really well but at nauseum was just better yeah yeah in the end, it turned out to be the best shell. Yeah, and one thing that we can also see in 2009 <laughs> was Imperial Painter yep. uh, from Filiberto Pianoli. But this one is strange. This one plays four Tamagoyf, four Trinket Mages, a Vexing Shasha. Do you know what this does? Yeah, yeah. it uh, makes things uncomfortable. It makes a non-creature spell uncomfortable. Mm if you remember correctly. I'm not Target sure if, spell can't be counted. If this is the, the standard shell, <laughs> to be honest. But it was one one shell, yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, we, we do not see any Goblin Welders, yeah. for example. Um, so it was really... But it, it was, was using Painter Servant with six blast effects in the main deck. Yeah, yeah and just one grindstone. So they weren't really high on the combo kill. Yep. Yeah, for a Trinket Mage, but they weren't really high on the combo kill. Um... And yeah, no Goblin Welders because there weren't so much artifacts. Mm -hmm. Moxopal wasn't um, printed yet. Yeah. Also not so much. This one is insane. It's played Lavan, uh, the Lavan lock. Cephalid Empress. When it enter, uh, enters the battlefield, you return all blue creatures your opponent's control to the owner's hands. <laughs> which is funny if, you, if a painter says blue. And yeah. the opponent can't play blue creature spells. <laughs> yeah. Well, Painter, now you have... Uh, pa Peter, Peter, Painter. <laughs> Peter, now you have uh, a New Year's resolution to do. Play yeah, Lavan. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, um, in, the, in the next year, um, we start to see big events popping up for Legacy. 2010 was really the ballmark of SCG events popping up. So there was the SCG Tour that featured Legacy as a format. And a lot of GPs and Bazaar of Moxen took up Steam and the format was really booming, I would say, at this point. Yeah. And it was very healthy. There's a lot of different archetypes that we mentioned. Uh, uh, even like Bazaar of Boxen, Moxen 4 in 2010, we have Merfolk, Merfolk in uh, first place. Uh, this really out shows... Out of 500 players. Out of 500 players. So this format really was open and fine. <laughs> But Merfolk was a good strategy in Legacy, yeah. And the list is insanely clean. This is yep. just four offs, four offs, four offs. Very beautiful. Yep. Very nice to, nice, to yeah. look at. Vafel Tapo with blue white uh, land still in top four. Yeah. Pretty classic for 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 his kind of style. It was. It still. It is kind of. Uh, 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 is it? Did it? Yeah. Uh, no. No counterbalance. Uh, no counterbalance. But uh, humility, standstill with Elspeth, Knight's mm -hmm. Errand, yeah. Chase. And really what I love about this here is Wrath of God and Day of Judgment. These are cards that really throw me back to my casual days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just... I I can remember myself when I was at GP Florence um, signing my Wrath of Gods and Damnations Yeah. Uh, by Kev Walker. Yeah. Oh, I was so insanely proud. Yeah. It was just really nice to be there. 
Yeah, and, and what we can here see is also like Crows and Crips splashed as an answer because there were not really that many answers to Planeswalkers now. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of the phase where we got the new uh, card type, basically, but we have a few answers to them, but not really that many because this was also the era most of you may remember mm -hmm. when you had like bolt effects you had to target your opponent and redirect it to those yeah so basically if you couldn't target your uh, opponent with a bolt you couldn't remove uh, with damage without creature damage uh the planeswalker so it was a really really interesting phase uh where the planeswalker was just really strong at this yeah. point in time yeah absolutely chase i think chase at this point was one of the best planeswalkers ever yeah and also we have here um, Bane Slayer Angel running yeah, rampart. The best bomb, come on. This is just <laughs> the control deck. You just want to have a Bane Slayer Angel. Finish up your opponent. Yeah. Best card it's ever. unplayable into this meta. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what we here see in ninth place is Spunt Countertop. With Rock's War Monk. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. But we see the, the combo of counterplane balance and census divining top slowly creeping up. Well, it was already like three years ago. So it, it was it was coming... An established archetype yeah, countertop, yeah. 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 The, the, the first one was next level blue but, that we but, had to look at. Here we can see the advent of lands as a deck. Mm -hmm. okay, can you go back? Mm -hmm. Sure. Because back Eternal then it, it was ca called Eternal Garden. Yeah. And four life from the loams, seven, uh, 37 lands, and you won with the mind slaver lock. How, how was the lock? Uh, you, you, you activated it, and then you, you get the, the turn of your opponent, yeah. And then you have an academy ruins in play, and put okay, it on yeah, put your it on top. top, and then basically you Redraw control your opponent, it, yeah. and that's mm -hmm. that's basically game with it's the mind slaver lock, lock. Yeah, if, if your opponent can interact, yeah, yeah, and that's. Yeah, that was Eternal Garden, now called Lands. Very nice, very nice. And also, we have here um, the last remaining pieces of Survival of the Fittest. Mm -hmm. Because this deck got banned in this year. Yeah. Survival uh, turned out to be too strong and got banned. I don't know which month it was, but it was 2010. Um, and... Yeah, slowly after that, we got into, I would I would call it the main era of Legacy, or like the heart of Legacy, kind of. Or the, yeah, or the, the golden era. The it golden was the era. golden era. Exactly, the golden era, yeah, exactly. Which was the era of, let's say, 2010 to 2017, something, or after 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 the, the ban or of survival. Yeah, it was at, at first uh, we had the uh, Scars of Mirrodin block, yeah. which really threw everything around with mental misstep and everyone had to just jam four mental missteps in their deck to yeah. counter the mental missteps. Yes. And it was basically everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Until it um, got banned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for 2011. The yeah. For the better, for sure. And what we have here in um, like... Um, we, we we have like the most events uh, gathering piling up in this era we have really uh, a yearly uh, a full set of uh, SCG tours uh, GPs 
and I think worlds or even something like this um, for uh, legacy events. And what it really showed that the the best kind of strategies that were uh, establishing over the first couple of years um, showed up more and better results. And uh, the, the legacy format was really booming. So this was the golden age of especially counter uh, top, like miracles as an archetype really solidified during this time. And um, we have a lot of different uh, yeah, archetypes that, uh, yeah. Yeah, Green Sun Zenith uh, was a card that was printed back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Hive Mind was the premier combo deck. Also, um, Natural Order mm-hmm. into Progenitus was strong. And also Standard um, sta- uh, standard Legal yeah. um, Competitor was mm-hmm. Corblade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corblade with Stoneforge one, Mystic. One, yeah, Stoneforge Mystic, uh, Blue-White, just straight up the box, basically Chase. Uh, Stoneforge package, bl- Stoneblade kind of uh, first versions. Yeah, this was basically a legacy deck in standard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just missing forces and brainstorms, <laughs> but the, the power level was there and also um, this solidified uh, yeah. Stoneblade also yeah. as a deck in legacy. Exactly. Because the, the power was there in standard and people were trying it, trying it out in legacy yeah and also what fancy thing we can see in the top eight of concrete providence is like lunxu with steplings landfall plus two plus and two wildner cartels with wildner cartel tamagoyfs kasali pride mages it was just sue yeah it's basically sue and unfortunately sue is simply not an archetype anymore no it, it was in the earlier days like we saw a couple of lists in 2006 or something or five um being played but uh, yeah it, it pops up here uh, but it's not really a, a too big of an, an archetype for, no for it was at first a little bit tried but then yeah. left behind one thing in gp providence is like wilson hunter a uh, few of you may know him he's like one of uh, the the guys that that played a lot with Anuragdas in the the SCG era and stuff like that, and I think he was on. I don't remember the podcast or, and maybe even the co-founder together with James for a few of his. Um, um, I'm pretty sure it was Elo Hunters. Or, or on Elo, Elo Hunters, yeah, yeah, for the first podcast of them, mm-hmm. yeah. And he played Goblin Belter together with Painter Servant, um, but in a blue shell with Brainstorm Force of Will, Intuition, uh, with Transmute Artifact. What Four I also, senses divining and top. just one Pyro Blaster, one Red Elemental Blaster. <laughs> and, and during this time, uh, from 2011 onwards, we also see one of, I think, one really nice kind of deck that you um, certainly have heard about. It is Team America. Yeah. Are we 2011 now? Okay, 2011 for sure. Team America is. It was, I think. Uh, was it? It was. This was the the, the Delva version with Tombstalker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yep. because um, two in September or something 2011. This was when Innistrad came out, and Innistrad really threw the whole game around. 
even even more so than Scars did. Exactly. Because yeah. in his right, we had all the heavy hitters. Yeah. We had uh, Faithless Looting, Grizzlebrand, mm-hmm. Balia, Guardian of Raven, um, and maybe the uh, Delve of Secrets. And the best thing uh, for a long time, Snapcaster Mage. Mm-hmm. Value so, cards doubles yeah. up as any removal or counter spell or whatever you want to have. And this was, yeah. Also, Crystalbrand was su- suddenly Reanimator had the best yep. creature ever. Yep. We had the best one drop ever. We had the best control card in, in Snapcaster Mage. And this Terminus? Was, Terminus was 2012. Terminus was a year later. So, yeah. so I, I wanted to <laughs> just wait a little bit for this kind of. Yeah, and here it's called characterizes Team Portugal, but basically Team it's, America. It, it is Team America, yeah. With Delva, Snap, Custom Mage. Yep, it's basically the Bug Delva origin um, with whom to tour But Yeah, yeah, this is the important thing. Bug Delva is not automatically Team America. Team America has to have Tombstalker and him the Turk. Okay. I think. Okay, then it's Team America because it's Tombstalker yes. and the Turk. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, uh, okay. Well, specifically, Tombstalker is important for Team America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get this. My, I mean, this was Tombstalker was just such a yeah. big, nice hitter. Yeah. And it won basically. Um, like the original the, one. The, the mirror. It won the mirror. Yeah. Because the two big Delva decks were Canadian Threshold. Threshold, yeah. Which was a little bit faster, mm-hmm. but as we all know, if you go, if you play the same basically archetype and you go a little bit bigger, yeah. then you always are favored in the in the mirror, and that's that's basically what what Team America did right here. Yeah. Um, in in Canadian Trash, you just had the Nimble Mongoose, the Delve of Secrets, and the Tarmogoyth, and with the addition of Tombstalker. Uh, you just had the better mid-range game, the better late game. Yes. And you, you were just so, so favored. Absolutely. And, and what we also see in 2011 was like the, the Ruck Natural Order versions with Progenitors um, popping up, performed also by Reed Truk in the previous GP, which was also something that you can do and attack on a little bit of a different angle um, to, to drop in the bigger creature mm-hmm. at any point of the game. Let's see, 2012. This um, was the advent of... Uh, how was that um, That set called? Everson Return or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terminus, Entreaty Angels. Mm-hmm. So, Miracles really was there. Uh, it was actually born, right? Because it was countertop before and now it is really Miracles. Yeah, because there were no Miracle cards before. Yes, yes. Uh, Terminus, um, Entreaty Angels, and yeah, we still have uh, Ant as as a combo deck. And I think what 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 you should ha- uh, highlight from this year, because it had not uh, been showing up before, is a strategy like Maverick. Oh yeah, Maverick with Green Sun, Zenith, and Falia. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, this deck simply. So not not just simply scooped up to combo with Thalia, mm-hmm. and they had suddenly a, a game plan. Yeah. And back then it was also uh, there were two kinds of of um, 
of Maverick decks. The first one was Green Sun Zenith based, and yep. the second one was Aether Vile based. Mm -hmm. In the long run, we all know what happened. Uh, Maverick is the better Green Sun Zenith deck, and Death in Texas, yep. which also, um, with the uh, addition of Ophalia, Gordon of Fraben, yep. um, was the better Aether Vile deck. I think this is actually pretty, pretty nice to see if you have a look over the years of this timeline. Uh, we, we really get to see which card enabled which kind of archetypes. And Thalia, Guardian of Traben, was really an important card for two different decks that established over the course of the years. Without Thalia, there would not be Death in Texas at this point, or like this Maverick deck. Yeah, for sure. And this is really amazing to see. We, we really, or every non-blue deck really needed these cards, because... We had with things like sneak attack, doomsday, yeah, and actually, you 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 just so much game suddenly against blue with just inclusion of failure, because your best bet um, or or your worst enemy. Let's let's phrase it right uh, right like this: your worst enemy when playing Canadian threshold was different Texas, mm -hmm. because you you just couldn't win yeah this, this was an 80 20 or 90 10 matchup mm. back then yeah and thalia certainly was an important uh, factor it in was this that thalia and wasteland yeah. was the card yeah that you needed against canadian fresh yeah and i think uh, when we when we when we uh, look at the, the next couple of years um there's not too much that changed in terms of legacy um, 2013-2014 the meta was kind of the same the, there was no really bans or armbands coming uh, this was actually the time where I started playing Legacy so now I come into this picture <laughs> like uh, Philip was already there for a couple of years <laughs> I started in 2011 or yeah. 2012 I'm, I'm unsure yeah. I knew that Innistrad was already out yeah. but Everson Return wasn't okay. Uh, or what, what was the second Dark Ascension? I started with Dark Ascension. Yeah. That, that was the set. And I, I started then in 2014. And uh, I, yeah, it was around the Khans of Takio era, you know, uh, which actually fostered a, a couple of very uh, well important bands, which were the bands of Treasure Cruise and uh, Dig for Time. Of course, two cards that were just completely nonsense. And yeah, the format didn't look great uh, at this time. Funnily enough, um, I I played Death and Texas back then, for uh, sure. Um, uh, yeah. And I got totally demolished by Treasure Cruise, uh, yeah. by Blue Red, Treasure Cruise Delver. Yeah. And that had, that had a little bit of sour taste in my mouth. And it didn't really play a lot during the next couple of months. So I I totally missed the um, omnipotence of dig through time in in uh, sneak and show or, or show and tell what it or omni tell yeah I, I totally missed these these months yeah I mean it was potent in any blue deck for sure also so yeah control and delva like but it was completely bonkers uh, anything that people were playing uh, splashing blue just because of these cards. People are playing blue, uh, splashing blue just because of the fruit time? Yeah, sometimes, yes. Uh, definitely, 
Definitely. For, for Treasure Cruise, I know, but for... Yeah, for Treasure Cruise, yeah. yeah. But for Dick Trim, Dick also? Time, less so. But mm. it still was a very impactful and strong card. Wow. Absolutely. So we have in 2005, just to see some results. 15. 15? Ah, yeah. I have 15. Caprilil, uh, Claudio Bonani with Monastery Mentor. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show. Um, yeah, it was like we have the uh, the the, the advent of infect yeah mm -hmm. infect become a man stick for time only one. as a one-off one dig for time that that can't be right but what i like about this year um you can see it i think uh, a little bit lower um it was i think one of the the times where shardless Park was booming yeah Charles Char Park was um, one of the, the, the decks that um, because of Charles Agent and um, Ancestral Vision mm. one of the, the, the combos that just wears just immense value um, a very nice historical deck that uh, performed quite well during this time yeah unfortunately Charles Park isn't a deck anymore yeah. um, the closest thing now is Rhinos yeah because crashing footfalls is just a better ancestral vision i mean it sounds strange but it, it's yeah it actually is like that yeah but i think for, for me if i would have played this i mean i played during this time but i i invested into a, a cheaper deck <laughs> but i really really always wanted to play charles buck uh Defer shaman charles agent Tamo yeah oh. ancestral vision yes Abrupt Decay, this was one of the premium, premium removal spells in this time. The one of Pond in the main deck of Tristan Pondstar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just... Oh, that hurt. One of Ponder. Yeah, but you're playing basically... I mean, Abrupt Decay you need as a removal to maybe spin into from the Sargent Agent, but then the Maelstrom pulls conveniently at three so it doesn't get hit by the Shardless Agent. Yeah. And so many good cards. Sylvan Library all-time great of the format i think you could certainly cut the two chase the mind sculptor for two ponder <laughs> <laughs> i think in the in the later versions they did just go for brainstorm and ponder yeah uh the, the shardless decks yeah but uh, they tried to go maximum on ancestral vision on just getting the value wasn't that also the time where um miracle players uh, fought against each other mm -hmm. if it's right to play um three or four ponders or, or no, even this yeah. was, i think this was previous like at 2010 era no 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 uh, it was not uh, it was certainly um 214 or 215 yeah i yeah. know this yeah. because um i met uh, philip, philip schoenegger um in linz at uh at the qualifying tournament for the for the the austrian legacy championship for the austrian legacy championship yeah um and Gary played his first or second iteration of Miracles um, against me, where I lost completely. I mean, he's a great player. But um, this this list still had Rest in Peace main deck and Muta Vaults and, yeah. and Mishra's Factory main. And this was just a totally strange build. And I think it was this era where mm. where the people uh the miracles community were fighting each other okay uh, how how many ponders yeah. it's the correct play and yeah. i think philip schoenegger was the was the first and the the biggest um 
fight her for four ponders. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all know is the correct yeah, way yeah. to do. Uh, from this point of view, absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Do we have any other big... I mean, Crixus Delver from Bokhoam at the, the, the Legacy Championship in... Uh, which is basically something that we see in the, the late stages 2019 uh 2017-18 Shaman, Gormag Engler with Young Pyromancer in the mix um like going a little bit over the top of the traditional uh Canadian threshold and blue red delver decks um now with the big creature in Gormag Engler um really really sweet to 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 see those yeah, and also I think this is the only um, good showing of uh, Sprinter Twin that I have ever yeah, seen in yeah, Legacy. Yeah. Is it's a top eight um, out of seven hundred forty-two players. This is the two thousand fifteen Legacy Championship by Max Ansbro. It was just never really a good strategy, no. Uh, but here, here, yeah, it, it's nice that it showed and uh, reached top eight uh, for. Just a short period. A little bit of a highlight. And then the unthinkable happened. Oh, no. Come no, top. we had a whole we year. We had a whole year. Okay. So, okay, let's this, go. This was now from 2016 to 17. The whole situation really, really piled up and miracles was everywhere. And basically like in 2016, we... In the middle of the year, we have like one of, I think, one of the most watched games that we have oh, of yeah. GP coverage. Finals, Rodrigo Torres versus yes. Nicolas Solens, Storm, A yep. and T versus Miracles. I think as a, up to this point uh, for, for me, but of course I'm biased because I'm a heavy Storm fan. This is the best match of Magic that I have ever watched. Okay. This is for me absolutely. You can watch it on on YouTube. There's the what anytime. Also with this very very nice uh, commentary of Simon Gertsen was commentating it. Uh, very very high level. Very very uh, nice event. And this match is insane, insane, absolutely. Insane. I think for just historical uh, aficionados. It doesn't matter if you're a Miracle Storm fan or if you're into Legacy, it's a must-watch. How about we put this link into a show notes? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. It's a must-watch. It's insane. It's really nice. Also, here is the first really big showing of the new Death and Texas deck. This was the time where Death and Texas was mostly loved at by the community because how can you play or win with white weenies? Yeah. Yeah. Only Canadian Fresh player feared it. Everybody else was just like, ah, this deck is just, this just sucks. And then suddenly Thomas Enevoldsen, the Danish uh, player, comes around and gets uh, into the um, semi-finals with Death in Texas. What what is the big change uh, from the previous iterations? Uh, There was not really a big print, right, that uh, made the archetype better. No, I don't think so. They adopted Sarah Avenger. <laughs> no, Sarah Avenger <laughs> was actually in since, pretty much since the beginning mm-hmm. in, in the deck. And um, yeah, they played the, the... The thing is, this deck really had a great, great Miracles matchup. Yes. Because 
the only thing you needed was uh, Falia, a Caracas, and the Sword of Fire and Ice, and you were good to go. Yeah. And if you put the Aether Violet 2 additionally in it, um, you cannot lose. You, you, yeah. this him, it was a 100% matchup then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're talking about four cards, but um, some of them you can, can uh, search for. Yeah. And I also think this year was. From my experiments, one of the best years of Legacy all time. For sure, for sure. I I also think um, oh, I also think about the time sometimes because I, that was maybe the time where I had the most fun. Yeah, me too. Me too. Play, playing Magic, <laughs> it's just yeah. I, I didn't really win a lot, but yeah. it was the first time yeah. I started to win. Yeah. Playing, playing for four years and then suddenly um, getting really the grasp of, of everything and, and the skill set seemed to improve a lot and yeah this was really great absolutely yeah In but then I, st- I think it happened am I right then 2017 in April SDD census divining top Got the axe, got the banhammer. I think this was a, pitch, a, a big shock to the community. It was an extreme shock because I was uh, dipping my toes mm-hmm. into that guy Ale at that moment. And this deck played two senses divining up just to fix up draws with Dark Confident. Yeah. And that guy Ale got hit by that band. Painter got hit by that band. Uh, Doomsday get, got hit by the band. Storm. Uh, so many decks <laughs> got hit by Sensei's Divining Top. Yeah. It was just... And I was about to pick up my Storm deck with Sensei's Divining Top because I saw this uh, winning video of uh, Rodrigo Togores and I was just hooked by Storm. Um, yeah, but it was banned. So suddenly... <laughs> <laughs> no, no more senses dividing for anybody. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it was, it was really. And this, this totally killed the miracles archetype for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Su- uh, suddenly the the my best matchup at that time went away. Yeah, yeah. One thing that we can mention here is like in in, in March there was Eternal Extravaganza six, where in the finals Anorakdas played against Bob Wang, mm-hmm. mostly to known guys. And they played 74 cards from 75 cards exactly the same. Yeah. The difference is Anurakthas played the fourth predict and Bob Wang played in the main deck the third snap custom mage over the fourth predict. Yeah. Um, so like Miracles <laughs> was on top of the foreman there. Yeah. And it was not only that Miracles was like the best deck in Legacy, it was also a little bit problematic because like if you are not that experienced with your deck mm. it is a lot of action that you have to do with the census divining top so it was not only banned for power level reasons yeah. no. but for organizational reasons as i well. will die on the hill that for power level reasons it wouldn't have been a problem could be the case could be the case maybe it is more this tedious watching that for every occasion yeah. activate top look at the top three activate top look at the top three they did it basically for every single action and it was not really a nice pro- uh, well watchable experiments uh, experience yeah. for for viewers that's so true i guess this is a big factor for this in, in that yeah. case i totally understand the ban uh for sure but for power level reasons i'm yeah. pretty sure that yeah. it was the wrong call <clears throat> 
And interestingly, <coughs> I think uh, since uh, this top ban was happening, it kind of unveiled two cards that um, have been present for years in Legacy, but suddenly became pretty good. You mean the probe and, yes. the, and the shaman? The shaman and the Death probe. Deathrite shaman. Yes. The Taxian probe. Yeah. And isn't this also the advent of, of Death Shadow? No. No, not yet. This Not yet? This is not yet. Yeah. Death Shadow comes with a very special tournament. Uh, it was the, the team event um, of but we talk, But we talk about it We later, will talk about so. it, yeah. Um, so we are now in... Yeah, it, it aligns a little bit. 2018, in the middle of the year, this was actually, I started at December 2017 with Legacy, mm -hmm. started off with Blue Red Delva, uh, and then quickly moved into to Blue Red Dreadnought. Um, so I enjoyed my few, few events with Gitexian Probe, and then it got the X, um, and I started playing without it. And then we had like, yeah. This this it, was also, uh, I just had to say this. This was also the time where I tied around with probably one of the most fun decks I had ever played. Mardu Pyromancer Legacy with <laughs> Gitaxian Probe and Deathrite Shaman. And <laughs> this was just so beautiful. Yeah. And the good counterpart to the Mardu version is like the Crixis Pyromancer version that we mm -hmm. had running around. Uh, Tristan Pertzl in the top 8 of MCAM Frankfurt, um, which is basically Delva-less Delva, where we have Young Pyromancer, Snapcaster Mage and Gormag Angler as the threat base, and Young Pyromancer is basically used to put yeah. out a, a lot really of load of tokens, and it used basically the combo of Ketexian Probe, which got soon the X, and Cabal Therapy yeah. for the instant, Two for one, uh, and you get an additional creature on top that of the environment. I loved it. Best thing ever, yeah. 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 I also played this in Mardu, yeah. and it was just so great. And I think for this exact event, this is all very important. Uh, this MKM Frankfurt, the first place, is really the, the showing of the uh, one of the births that also led to the banning of the Defra Shaman. Uh, this beloved or behated, whatever uh, side you are on, this... Check pile, four color control. Actually, I can influence here. Uh, check pile won the OVO 11 in 2016 already. Yeah. Uh, also performed by Thomas Schmar. Yeah, so yeah. it was basically the second win from him with four color control, the greediest of the greedy pile. Thomas Schmar was always the, the, he was the, the creator of the deck. But this and this era in combination of Death Red Charmin and Top being banned yeah. really showed how powerful this deck is. I can. Um remember myself when i was back at mkm prague in i think 2016 mm -hmm. something like that and um i saw Tom, thomas Schmar played against michael pilz one of one of our fellow um, yeah. players in austria and um uh, michael came uh, came to me after the match and he said this was insane. I don't know how he did that. Yeah. He just plays only duels and I couldn't do anything. My <laughs> wastelands weren't enough in Metalia. And this was just... Uh, I haven't beaten yeah. so badly in a long time. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, Thomas is yeah. a pro player. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is also... But this was 
This was really the birth. Yeah. This was his 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 baby, the four colored check pile, mm. uh, and and I could, I, I saw him shuffling it up, and it was just a strange pile to look at. Yeah, and then my uh, Michael got so demolished by this. <laughs> David Sherman just doesn't care about any wastelands or ports <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You just have your mana anyways. Yeah, and one thing that also happened just before the banning of those cards was like the winning. Of the second GP for the deck from Dragon Stompy, Gary Campbell. We were there. We were there. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> yes. So Daniel and myself yeah. were at Grand Prix Birmingham in 2018. Absolutely. I was playing that guy Ale with um, Lingering Souls yeah. and Deathrite Charman and Stonefish Mystique. And oh, Dark Confident. And Dark Confident. Yeah. I know this. Oh, yeah, this was. Because you lost so one. Yeah, I lo yeah, yeah, I yeah, lost yeah. Uh, a Dark Confident on the uh, Frankfurt on Airport. Yeah. And I had to buy a Dark Confident in, yeah. uh, in yeah. Birmingham then. For 70? Um, 50? 60, yeah. yeah. 60. It was crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was I just... my playset for, <laughs> for, <I>, for 80. <laughs> and during this time, I was uh, so close to getting day two. Uh, yeah, you were playing Anti? Yes, this was uh, one of my best uh, cases of playing Storm. Uh, I just loved this version. It was with Gedexian Probe, Cabal Therapy, uh, Past in Flames, you know, the straight up, very, just without the senses to vending top as it was bent, but so good, so strong. I miss this kind of Storm deck. This was, <laughs> this was really the, the Storm deck that I endorse. Yeah, and one thing that came right after that up was Pro Tour, 25 years of Magic the Gathering. It was a team event. Uh, it was played, if you remember correctly, in Standard, Modern and Legacy. Mm -hmm. And it was won from Death in Texas, Ellen Wu in the Legacy seat. But, Philip already yeah. said it, this was the time when Death Shadow really came up. Yep. And it was the same in Modern. Gitexin Probe got banned from Modern and Death Shadow got the deck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's and so it strange. was the same thing in Legacy. Gitexin Probe got banned and Death Shadow is now a deck. But why? I don't, totally don't see this. I mean, Death Shadow with Gitexin Probe would have been so insane. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was like a meta switch up and we, we see here in, in 12 spot Lukas Wendinger, for example, team mm -hmm, event. Mm -hmm. um, Austrians were pretty good at this game. <laughs> Austrians yeah. was pretty good. Blue Black Death Shadow, it was like, yeah, Water Grave with one of Underground Sea. And then you played Delva, Death Shadow, Gomer Gangler, Street Refs to cycle out. A little bit of green to, to have better removal with Abrupt Decays. And yeah. What's this? Uh, uh, if we have a look at this Josh at the Layton's list, was this the version? Um, okay, no, yeah, 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 exactly. This was the tech that I really loved. What do you do against Chalice? You just play a Throne of Geth and proliferate and put the Chalice on one <laughs> yeah. It then This was the tech against Chalice. I really loved this, it's, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. That's true. Sacrifice not to <laughs> proliferate. <laughs> put the Chalice on two and this deck just doesn't care about uh, Chalice on two. Uh, to be honest yeah. but we see here death in texas was really on top together with blue black shadow in the mix and now we have a second tempo archetype since basically the canadian threshold yeah was a little bit removed we only had basically 
Grixis and Rakdelva and Bakdelva and to some extent mm-hmm. Castlevania Delva, uh, which, which is Bug splashing for red for the yeah. Lightning Bolts in the main deck. And now we have Death Shadow mm. as another competitor. Exactly. But I think this after this era, um, for, for myself at least, Legacy changed quite a bit for yeah. me after this ban because and this is of course also the the decisions that were made for the printing of new uh sets we enter now this fire design and this was the time that i really hated on one kind uh, yeah. on one yeah. on one side i really hated it on one side it was okay-ish yeah. up to up to war of the spark the the game felt fine mm-hmm. i loved the time when death Rite got banned up to war of the spark it wasn't mm-hmm. it was okay again it right? was, yeah. was uh, some people uh, say that this was yeah. the silver age of legacy actually everything was viable mm-hmm. there were a lot of decks and nothing was too crazy actually mm-hmm. and then suddenly war of the spark came. yeah yeah it, it it was a really interesting period it was the the, the manalist stretch year of mine i would say because like 2018 it was my dread start, starting with, with the tempo decks 2019 i switched it up started because also of the death charming band playing manalist stretch because this was basically the card that said <laughs> manalist stretch yeah. are you a joke um so i started playing around with this deck um and yeah 2019 we had like two very very impactful sets mm-hmm as Philip already mentioned, War of the Spark. Yep. We got now a huge, huge influx of planeswalkers with static abilities, which mm-hmm. was a huge change. And we got the first exclusive into modern set, Modern Horizons 1, yep. with cards like Ren and Six. Ren and Six, yes. Yep. And this, this is what we call classically now the Ren and Six era, to be yep. honest. Yeah. This is Ren and Six Delva. It dominated everything. Uh, yeah. It was just crazy. But there was also nice, what I think very nice, uh, Jackpile version. If we're talking about Jackpile. Uh, instead of Death Red Shaman, Thomas now just included four. Ren and six, six, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also a possibility. Very nice. This was also the time where I switched from um, Dredge to the new to the new card, Hogak. Oh, yeah. It was so insane play. I mean, it yeah. totally tore up modern. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I think, it uh, led to three bands, faith, or two bands at least: faithless looting and faithless uh, bridge looting from was, I think yeah. banned bridge earlier, also. but yeah, bridge, and they didn't enough, Hogak. and then bridge looting was banned because of Phoenix. Yeah, but then afterwards, uh, bridge. Yes, and what was the bridge? Third? Hogak. Well, Hogak itself, of course, eventually. Hogak itself is banned in modern? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. so this deck led at least or, or lost two cards and was still the best thing to do. Yeah. And so I thought this deck has to have legs in, in, in Legacy 2 and then I toyed around with various um it Hogak was good. iterations. It was good, yeah. yeah. In September we had like Grand Prix Atlanta, uh which was won by Cyrus Gorman Gill, what yeah. was really rememberable on ANT. And we have Tarek Patel, for example, in the mm-hmm. top eight with one of the earliest Hogak shells. Mm-hmm. It was the green version, which the played... The bug version. The bug, uh, the bug version, version yeah. which played careful study. Um, and yeah, a really, really interesting deck. 
and it's played a Heatron Grab. Yeah. Because this was well, actually the reason why the, the play blue. Buck deck not also played the, 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 the black one. Mill free when it dies. Yeah, Mill free. Stitches supply. It's here. Stitches supply. Ah, okay, it's here. It's here. This is okay. the best card. This was the. This is without this. I think Kogart would be yeah. way way worse. This That's is the best enabler. That's true. Absolutely. And, um, basically, there were two good Hogak lists. It was Chand and mm. Buck. But, but originally, I think Buck was the best, just because it was faster and more yeah. reliable to put to mill or to fuel your graveyard because of the Seedron crap. And then I think for for Chant the the thing that was going for it was that you can flashback looting. Yeah, that's because you you, you had more you had more mid range you had more yeah. grindy games yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. you could you could win out of spots mm. um, where you couldn't with with blue. Yeah. And the the thing is with the blue versions you you soft uh, you so often had bridges or some or some cards like that stuck yeah. in your hand with no way to discard and the flashback looting um was just such a big problem um solver here yeah and also one thing for gp atlanta that we have to mention here since 15 years of the inception of legacy we are now at 15 years a deck that was built up at the first days of legacy has its first top eight burn. burn. <laughs> it took 15 years and countless tournaments for burn to really get a good showing. Yeah. yeah. So it can be good <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also this list was um, really great. I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Simply 20 mountains. Mm. Very beautiful. Simple. Yep. Yeah, it, it looks so clean. And the best thing about this is the four exquisite firecraft. Mm -hmm. This was, I think, this was a, a pretty recent printing during that time. I think this Magic was Origins. Magic Origins, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it really helped. It really helped burn. Um, don't know if it was the exact year, but uh, yeah, it was one of the, the recent additions to the deck and really helpful against control decks. And one thing that we have here after the banning of Ren and Six. Yep. In, this was so great. In November, we have actually the last GP of Legacy. Mm -hmm. The last Compli. Yep. And we have here a really, really glorious top eight yep. for a roundup of the, of the wow. format. We wow. have Mark Eric Vogt winning the GP on four color miracles the, 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 there are so many people here that you know <laughs> that we know <laughs> tristan pölzl on bug midrange we have lorenzo tassone on bug threshold mm -hmm. we have andrea mengucci on bug threshold we have franco cincini uh, on blue red delva we have andreas Ganz on dredge on dredge the, the last the last um gp we have the last good showing of Dredge. We have Matt Brown mm -hmm. on Show and Tell. And Show and Tell. Yeah. He's and now a Lance um, specialist. He went 8-2 at Eternal Weekend with uh, with Cloud Post, mm, actually. Cloud Post, yeah. Uh, and Yannick de Fleur win on Eldrazi Agro. It's such a great roundup for the Legacy format. Everything is in it. You, you, have, you have Stompy, you have Combo, you have Graveyard, you have... Uh, mid-range control and, and tempo every archetype has its place at Grand Prix Bologna so this is 
if there was a way to really um, end the, the the Grand Prix series with a bang, it was Grand Prix Bologna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the showcase of the format. Yeah, but we see some small glimpses that will follow soon. On Blue Red Delva, we have Dread Hot Arcanists. To spoil it a little bit, and on Mark Eric Vogt's four color control list, we have like a mana fixing it artifact in the form of Arkham's Astrolab and a small little cheeky squirrely body showing planeswalker in the form of Oko Thief of Crowns. Actually pretty pretty surprising because it was 2019 and it should last another two years until this card both of these cards yeah. will be banned. But we had a quick of flow of them between. Yep. With, with a small card. Basically, that's also why Oko and Red Hot Arcanist and Astrolab didn't get banned sooner. Yeah. Just yeah. because of these cards that you will now tell us. I mean, we had a small little flirt for like a month, 30 days, if I remember correctly, with a small enchantment, two mana. What could go wrong if my graveyard gets, gets to be flashed back? But stays in it. In the form of Underworld Breach. <laughs> it was like we had a period over a month where the deck was basically incepted. Like for the first one or two weeks even like, ah, this isn't that great actually. Yeah. Into like, how the fuck can we beat this combo? <laughs> it was like when they started to play Silences, Orange Charms as protection suites. Because you have to remove your hand because of lines of diamonds, moving all the cards in your graveyard. Then you basically uh, flashback the, the escape, the lines of diamonds, and then mill your whole deck uh, with brain freeze. Yeah. And then mill your opponent's deck with brain freeze. Uh, then basically we found a card that is great action in list. It's called Intuition. Because if you Intuition for like the missing cards and maybe even a Savine Reclamation. So if you are Underworld Breaches in your graveyard, you even get it back. Yep. So this boosted the deck mm -hmm. insane. Yep. Stories tell that it had like over 60, 65% win rate on land. And that's the reason they don't mm -hmm. talk about win rents uh, when banning decks. But the deck was insane. It was, it was insane, quickly yeah. banned. Yeah. But then we got a new printing. Actually, it's called... Be, be, but wait a little bit. Before we get into this, something else hit us. Because you had the last, or probably one of the last tournaments with Underworld Breach in Bratislava. <laughs> and then suddenly COVID hit. That is true. Then COVID, yeah? Yeah, no more paper tournaments. It was all yeah, shifting to online somehow. Well, first of all, it was completely uh, vanished, but then... Mostly online and no paper tournaments. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, and so actually, I didn't really experience um, the the next two things that happened. I mean, I was theory crafting all the time. It yeah. was online actually mostly. Yeah, yeah because I yeah. wasn't really playing yeah. online. Yeah. But it was also online only for a quick flirt of mm -hmm. like one. I think it was two months mm -hmm. until. It was completely The small banned. little pets got banned. Right. Basically, with Underworld Breach, another important card for Legacy got released. It was Uro. Um, but then we have Ikoria, the beasts, the small pets, our small little companions 
that will sit beside us and get played. And we have the release of a few important cards. Um, the two most impactful at start were Lurus of the yep. Great Den and then sort of the Dreamwalker. Uh, Lurus was the first one that got really toyed with because mm. like it was really playable for two Delver versions. Yep. It was played in Grixis Delver. Yes. And then it was played in... Um, I think it was Esper. I think it was Jeska. Or, or Jeska. Jeska Delva. Yeah. Yeah. So it was toyed then. And then the guys found out like, Serda is insane. Serda is really great. Serda, you can play it in a lot of decks because mm. like it says every permanent card in your deck has to have an activated ability, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, which is like cool. Planeswalkers have activated abilities. Stormforge Mystic has an activated ability. Yeah. yeah. Equipment has an equipped. activated abilities. All my lands have equipped, uh, activated abilities. And then I play like the monoliths and have infinite mana mm -hmm. and do some stuff. And and what the, what the funny thing is, Serda is, I think, the only companion that you're able to, because Serda has activated ability yeah. itself, is the only companion that you can play as a companion and a free of in a deck. And, True. and True. now we go to the exception because there was a third really important uh, legacy deck that features a companion at the time, yeah. which yeah. was then ruled later on mm. after the companion change impossible to play. Garuda stuff. Garuda, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, Garuda. Ga Garuda wow, was really strong, yeah. It was like LED nets it a three mana to cast it from your mm. sideboard. Garuda Stomper was a real big player. Yeah. We, we have a few uh, at the, the first few events it was like the yep. breakout deck and if it wasn't for the companion rule change Garuda would always be banned at some point I for think sure, yeah. for sure it, it would not would not have stayed Garuda is still being played a little bit in some Bomberman shells or yeah. something like that but it's that. not that strong anymore it's, no. it's, it's fair it's fine yeah the combo the combo Garuda uh, yeah. list was just insane insane yeah yeah, and then yeah. we go to 2021, and in February, after a whole year of discussion, should we ban this card? Should we not ban this card? Arkham's Astrolab, Dreaded Arcanist, and Oko Thief of Crowns all got simultaneously the X. In hindsight, I mean, it took them so long to ban this artifact yep. this was invalidating mana bases all the time and people were like oh it's not big of a deal it just draws a card and fixes my mana i mean what the hell are you smoking yeah. <laughs> do you know what one big thing was like back in the days that the the guys were crying out because they don't want astrolab in the format anymore do you know what one of the bigger reasons was no tell me <laughs> We want to have normal basics unbanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were you unplayable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> you, you had to have the shitty snow basics all the time. You mean the inner plug lens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, now it's like, yeah, if you open and place snow cover basics, they do it either out of style or out of... Um, because of Ice Fink Quartle. Ice Fink Quartle, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's okay. 
And I re would really love to for Snowcover Basics to play a little bit of a better role. Mm -hmm. But Arkham's Astrolabe was like um, a nuke. Yep. Yeah. We wanted a grenade, but we get a nuke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after the banning, we had like also another really important set actually being mm -hmm. printed. And what? in 2021, this the horizon got shifted to the second age. You know, you know what? This time, these, these years were yeah. really banger of the banger of the banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just. This is the era of bannings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th that we hit with fire design. Yes, we are right in the fire design era. It lasted like three years from 2019, basically up to mm -hmm. now 2021, 2022. For me, I'm pretty sure that we also, are still also, in yeah. fire design, and I'm I'm just thinking that we have sort of um, accepted it. Ex yeah, we we don't feel it anymore because it's ubiquitous or oh, it's everywhere and every set is fire design now and um pretty be, sure we're used to it but i think still they leveled it to an yeah they learned from the yeah 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 from it's not that spiky failures, yeah. it's not that spiky anymore at this point but yes uh, we are still in this scheme of a lot of things change through one or two impactful sets that's for yeah. sure I agree with that. And, but yeah. and with Mon Horizons 2, which card was the biggest player? I uh, mean, up until now or at the start? At the start. I mean, we have we have now the, the element. Uh, this was the event of the elementals, mm -hmm. of the elemental cycle, like endurance, solitude, grief, yep. um, fury, and subtlety. Yep. Subtlety is still not really being played, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Modern Horizons 2 had so many, many impactful cards for the former. For for example, most of the elementals, basically. Endurance got really a big played at front. Fury was a little bit behind. Uh, Grief was really fast adapted in reanimator. in reanimator, but slowly took out, I think in 2022, we had the first few um scam variants running around um and solitude was really fast actually adopted in death and texas yeah. because yeah. death and texas back in the days also started toying around with Yorion, big contenu yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um but yeah one of the big players for me is Urza Saga. Urza Saga revived wow. a lot of decks. Oh, yeah. It was a very very big player in making yeah. artifact strategies viable. I mean it had a small flirt with with Ragavan and we had Sagavan uh, in the oh, early days. Ooh, oh yeah, Cheska yeah. Sagavan, yeah, was, oh, in, that was... insane. Um, but, oh, but Blue Red Delva was still. But one with of Ragavan. the bigger cards actually, which changed a lot about decks, is Dragon's Rage Channeler. DRC, yeah, yeah. little creature. Yeah. And the best one drop actually. At this in combination with Ragavan also. Where was Merktad being printed? Was uh, it also? Uh, also in the set, yeah. Okay, also in the, yeah, the yeah. same so set. <laughs> a whole new set of threads for Delva. Delva so was it, reinvented. Yeah. Yeah, it was like at first you Shoot had to the roof. Delva, Mongoose, and yeah. 
or, or some kind of Tamagoy. Yeah. Tamagoy Ar- well, it was Arcanist before that, or Young yeah, Pyromancer Arcanist sometimes. And yeah, But now suddenly, uh, we banned all the good cards out of them. Here, you get three new ones. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this was actually, we had a lot of talk in, in like 2022, uh, 2020, 2019, if like Delver is the problem. Because like if Delver has a, mm. a too good kind of a one drop uh, that enables the strategy and makes the deck too fast, no. it's hard. But now, <laughs> doesn't matter. Of, it doesn't matter because like Delver in this era, 2022, 2021, played two Delver or non-Delver, or non-Delver yeah. um, with four Raghavan and four Dragon's Rage Channelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had just too many you know, one drops. Uh, what I really find so disgusting about this version is uh, one of the best uh, tools that you could use to fight these Delver decks was Carpet to Flowers from your opposing side to generate you know, mana yeah. advantage that you normally deny. Uh, this Elver strategy could play it in such a way that with uh, the Ragavans, they just don't play any allies. Yeah. And they don't they ignore Carpet of Flowers completely. And also it killed so many um or, or it killed single handedly Ant. Yeah. As far as I know, because if you flip the Tenris of Agony, it's good game. It is it is a random chance to just lose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was the 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 day where Doomsday adopted to play two Tassos Oracle because you couldn't afford to lose the yeah. one. <laughs> um, besides it all already being a bad matchup. And yeah, one of the the breakouts of the, the Blu-ray Delva deck was Eternal Weekend Online, where mm-hmm. fellow Austrian competitor, Mental Mystic Online, Stefan Schutz, won one of those events on Blu-ray Delva. Mm-hmm. Bill Mitchell from... Uh, the Dark Depths podcast one on Blue Red Delva the third event and Jörg Heinrich on Elves which got recent printing of a small uncountable elf Alles the Wonder Shepard Alles Shepard oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so so the, many good cards in the last <laughs> some years yeah it's look fire <laughs> but Ragavan was banned in the early 2022 um, because and, of this nonsense <laughs> and this this was really a boon it was a nice ban it was or this was a boon to the format yeah unfortunately um, Strixhaven was right around the corner mm-hmm. and another toy in the past there was there was this uh, this joke like it looks like Dredge got a new toy, yeah? Yeah. Um, but now it looks like Delva got a new toy yeah. all the time. All the time, yes. And one thing is like, we got rid of Ragavan, which was the card advantage engine in there. We got ri- <laughs> and and a lot of the uh, creature decks said, thank God it's only Ragavan and not Delva. Like elves, we can block the Ragavan. No issues. We have a good matchup now against Delva. Now Ragavan got banned. And actually... It's improved a few matchups, even with playing Delva again. Mm. And now with expressive iteration, we have the card advantage engine. And there was a small announcement, like right at the time that we said, we're looking at the data and we will say if if something gets banned afterwards. And then we didn't hear anything from Wizards of the Coast for like half a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least for six months. Yeah, I think it was about nine. One thing also in 2022... There was a small commander set got released yep. that was like 
like something where you can take the initiative. Commander, was it Commander Legends or Baldur's Gate? I think it was Baldur's Gate. Was it Baldur's Gate? Uh, yeah, it should be yeah, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, a small little wild plume adventurer together with with an adventurer got printed, and mm -hmm. somehow, if you drop like a thing that draws you cards, gives you card adventures puts damage on your opponent gives you a creature and can't be on, interacted with can't yeah. be interacted with on turn one good yeah. this is really good am i good. right yeah. it's 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 good yeah. and yeah <laughs> we got mono white initiative the deck was be playable only in paper for like two or three months there were the and first issues with mtg go coming around no one had it on the radar yeah N no one uh, uh, Peter van der Ham, if I remember correctly, tested it a lot with a local playing group, but unfortunate for him, it got released two weeks before the ELM, where they decided to crush the event. But it got released online, they immediately got first place and second place, if you remember yeah. correctly, with the deck. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, Mono White Initiative was here. Mm -hmm. It, it was a really uh, interesting yeah. era. Do you remember the cyber cards that were played to counter initiative? Um, um, how is it called? The Unchained Berserker or something? Unchained yeah, yeah, yeah. Berserker. There was also this... Uh, um, this Blood Rider. Knight? This Rider. Blood Knight. Blood Knight, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely crazy. Protraction from white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who would have pro known white. that pro-white was needed? Or, or, or was good? Yeah. As soon as I saw them, I just bought myself uh, two copies because I wanted to be safe against initiative. <laughs> but luckily, yeah, they turned out to be not for long for this format. Uh, I think this is a good, also a good, yeah. good ban. Uh, and about a, it took um, for expressive iteration about a year, I think, and yeah. for White Plume Adventure, um, not that much. I think it was about six months, half a year, something like this. A little bit above half a year, I would say. Yeah, and out of this, um, mm -hmm. out of this half year, um, three three months of them were just in paper. Yeah. So it uh, really didn't took off. We could have crushed so many events yeah. if we would have <laughs> tried this. True. Yeah. And one thing also, I think in twenty twenty two got printed or started to being played around. Uh, at first from Moonstompy, then from Paint, and then from a lot of other red decks. It's Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which mm -hmm. is actually a big card nowadays in the format because it allows the now red-white initiative to, to go a little bit wider, have a better card selection. It's a really, really strong drop on turn one of mm -hmm. Moonstomp. It's the thing that ties basically painted together. It, it was really underrated in the yeah. first couple of months. when Because it, on, on paper, it just looks not that exciting. Yeah, but it has just so many applications, yeah. and the fact that this that it is a, a win condition on its own if you play two if you get two of them out uh, and basically split between your opponent is mm. just. Um, P personally, yeah. I would say that the the, the bis biggest thing that was like um, like not really that respected is like how incredibly strong Fresher tokens are. Yeah, mm. that's true. Fresher tokens are ramp, you know. Yeah. It's ramp and How, who could have thunk that? <laughs> and especially in something like Moonstompy and Painter, which have incredibly shitty mana bases, because 
most of them like Moonstompy. Yeah, it's a monocolored deck. <laughs> no, it's a dual colored deck. Yeah, colorless and it's red. colorless and red. Yeah, and you giving another red sources and stuff like that is really really important. But the thing is here, um, you said something like. About initiative or about about the uh, about fable, uh, about fable, yeah, yeah. It I doesn't look. It did look. Didn't look that great at the beginning, and it was uh, like a mediocre card at the beginning, and not a lot of. Well, yeah. I, I for example thought it was just you know, okay, free mana. Come on, there is days in the format and wasteland. <laughs> What, what 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 do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now I I I got what I want what I want to say. Things have shifted. Yeah. Back in the days, card advantage was king, but now the cards are so much better that it's essential to to get to mana to play these cards, and therefore treasure tokens or, or mana ramp in general has, has so much more value than card advantage nowadays. And cards quality is something it's higher really important it's so high now yeah. yeah and that's something that like um yeah fable does, uh, does fable does. great yeah it gives you mm -hmm. the mana ramp to 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 yep. put in like a few or something like that it Can gives you... you the card draw i mean it's only rummage but you still get to dump your additional lands or like some creatures or, or artifacts that you don't really need anymore, like for example, Moonstone, be additional Chrome Oxen or something well, like that. Previous few years. Yeah, and getting to draw like the Rebel Master that you need to win yeah, out the yeah. game. This is kind of uh, what, what you would general, generally call cheating on the general rules of the game, like having more mana than you should have, having more cards that you should have. These are just mechanics or, or things that are always very yeah. powerful. And magic. all in one card. Yeah. Also a win condition also yeah. in one card. So it basically ramps, it mm. produces for three mana two 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 bodies, and it basically allows you to switch out two cards. But I gotta say, this is one card I really like about the fire design because it's it's not too powerful no, in my fine, opinion. Yeah. It's really strong and it's mm. like Saga. Fine, yeah. Like Saga. Yeah. Also, Saga is... Um, that. That's what I wanted to say beforehand. Saga is the thing that gets non-blue decks back into the game. Yep. Since, since the um, banning of Senses Divining Top, mm -hmm. non-blue decks were pretty non-existent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Devon Texas and, and Maverick. But you, you couldn't yeah. toy around. And mm. now just Saga is the glue that yeah. keeps all these decks together. Yeah. And with Saga, Painter is again a deck. Mm. Painter is... Yeah, it I wasn't mean, a deck because you killed Divining Top. Yeah, because yeah. like the, the Senses Divining Top uh, Goblin Veil detection was insane. Um, and now with, with, with Fable, you have so much consistency. Uh, in in the mid game you power through uh with with what's a saga you have so much ways to get your combo pieces with goblin engineer and goblin welder you have the perfect do in the goblin brothers it's it's so strong mm. what we nowadays have in the format and for me personally what's a saga is like design perfection mm. it's like it's a good engine on its own it does not win you the game on its own um, it still needs some form of like additional mm. cards that can help the card, but it has enough of a drawback 
and needs uh, something from your mana base that it's still vulnerable to your opponent cards. So it's like it has everything in it tied together. And I think, yeah, with, with this, um, the, the, re the remaining uh, rest of the year, we, we still have uh, had a lot of cards added in, in the last year, um, which is um, still Orkish Bowmasters, one of the mainstays. We have the One Ring, I would say, is on the one Questing highlight. Druid. Questing Druid. Questing Druid, one of the more recent ones. I and think I one want, of the what I want thing. to say is still uh, well, Bowmasters, the One Ring, and. Um, Troll of Kazatu. Uh, uh, yes, yes, and up the beanstalk. This, uh, and like, up uh, the beanstalk. Yeah, this was sure. one of the re recent and editions. And Lauren <laughs> So, but but I don't know if since the banning now of early um, two thousand, uh, well, in in February, uh, in two thousand twenty three, um, the format didn't really pile up to be all that, you know. Ubiquitous that some some deck is is stronger over over uh, any other and we have a lot of cards being added and implemented into the format and soaking up by it and a lot of decks playing the cards but so far we we are still stable I would say I think it's insanely fine yes yeah. it's probably the healthiest that that the format looked like since two thousand and eighteen yeah. yeah. And this is this is a long, long mm. time, and um, I really could say if if 2018 to uh, to fire design was the silver age, we are now at least in the bronze age yep. of legacy. And I hope this is a new a great prospect for the upcoming years. Hopefully, for the next twenty plus uh, years of legacy, and I am very um, curious to see how this format will go in the next couple of years for sure yeah i think the one thing that i want to add on to the the age of legacies i hope it will live long and prosper absolutely <laughs> and i think this was very nice words from you peter to wrap this episode up if you like what we are doing consider following us on twitter or on social media <laughs> <laughs> it's at response underscore legacy you can find me on twitter it's at finnekmtg p-h-i-n-e-k-m-t-g daniel where can we find you on social media on the same platforms talking and thinking about the last 20 years of legacy it's at flying delva on twitter and peter we can find you on social media you can find me fascinating about type 1.5 on Twitter, it's at Unicorn Lord, but the O in the Lord is a zero. Thanks for listening. Have a great year 2024. And, and I hope you will never mulligan again. <laughs> and I hope the top tech will live with you. In response, the start of 2024. This was an response, a legacy podcast. If you enjoyed the ride, feel free to support the show by following, leaving a review or subscribe on patreon.com slash response underscore legacy.